What's up, chumps? Thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of the Join My League Football Podcast. I am your host, Tim Kaleka, and if you haven't yet, please go like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast at Join My League on Facebook, at JML Podcast on Twitter, and join underscore my underscore league underscore podcast on Instagram. That's kind of long and obnoxious. I'm going to have to change that at some point. Um... I'm also working on a YouTube channel to which I will upload the show there as well. And that's just for those of you who don't have supporting platforms like Spotify or Anchor or subscriptions to any of that stuff. It's still a way for you to listen to the show for free of charge. Um, and before we begin, I do want to take a couple of minutes to tell you about myself, your host. Again, my name is Tim, and I'm a one-man show. I'm sitting here in my black wife beater and blue Nike shorts, this is about as real as it gets. There's... There's no program director, there's no producer, there's no board op, no editor, just me, my trusty microphone, and a passion for football. And I'm committed to giving you, the listener, the most interactive podcast out there. So if there's any question, any comment, any opinion that you have, some kind of criticism over something I may have said or an opinion that I'd have, I'd like to hear your take on that because I don't want to talk to you guys I want to talk with you guys and discuss the sport that we all love. I'm not going to sit here and bore you with a two-hour football podcast. This is just something to pass the time for you guys. You're driving to work, whatever, just turn on a podcast. I'm looking at it being a 20 to 30 minute each week, uh, maybe a little longer. There's going to be a lot to cover once the season starts. So with that said, it is time to get started. The regular season is right around the corner, and as we head into the first full weekend of preseason games... Obviously, that means predictions naturally. Everyone loves to make and hear predictions about their team. And I notice there's levels of confidence to this prediction thing. Some people will get upset when their team isn't mentioned in the Super Bowl conversation. Others are going to get upset when their teams aren't mentioned as playoff teams. And some fan bases, they're just looking for a handful of wins. But today I'm going to discuss the AFC and teams that I think will be playing games well into January. One of those teams that could potentially make the postseason, although I don't have them on my list of six, are the Baltimore Ravens. They took on the Chicago Bears last Thursday in the NFL's annual Hall of Fame game. Did anybody watch that? Really? Did you? That sucks. I mean, it's terrible. It's so boring. I get so excited when we have the first game of the year, even if it is the meaningless Hall of Fame game, but... Once we get there, I'm really quick to turn that sucker off after the first quarter. It's just not interesting to me. I cannot stand the preseason. It drags to no end. From the final whistle in the Super Bowl to the first kickoff of the new season, which is the NFL Hall of Fame game, that's about seven months. But the first four weeks, full of meaningless games. It's the biggest tease in all of sports, if you ask me. But you know something, the importance of it, I understand it. I I understand the importance of preseason. I'm not a mindless toolbox who thinks the NFL should do away with two preseason games and extend the regular season to 18 games. If you don't understand the importance of preseason, just do a little basic math and realize that almost 1,200 players that are currently employed by an NFL team will be out of a job at this time next month, most of whom will never see another NFL field ever again. I also understand that at some point in the future, and only time will tell, but the NFL will probably extend to 18 games in the regular season. Unfortunately, I have no say, but if I did, I think four preseason games, 16 regular season games for each team, and a four-week playoffs is plenty fair. Just leave it that way, and on to the next. On to the next AFC playoff prediction. 
And there's really not a better place to start than in New England. They've made the AFC title game the last seven years. The Patriots have made the AFC title game the last seven years. One more time for you haters out there who hate New England. They've made the AFC title game for seven years. Now, I may be getting a little ahead of myself here, but remember back in the early to mid-2000s when the Eagles made the NFC Championship game four years in a row and everyone kind of made a big deal about it? Yeah, yeah, New England is going to double that this year. They'll be in the AFC title game for the eighth straight year. They will get a bye. They will get home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and they will nail down the number one seed. Because why not? Who else? Who else is going to do it? Who else is going to do it? Outside of the Steelers, maybe the Jaguars. They're a hot pick, but I'm not buying it. Who else has remained consistent and dominant as the Patriots have been over the last 20 years even? I mean, at this point, it isn't will New England be in the AFC title game? No. 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 At this point, it's when will the Patriots not be in the AFC title game? And you know when that it's going to be? It's going to be when Bill and Brady are gone. Or when a catastrophic knee injury takes place. Certain things in the NFL happen so often that it's just dumb to bet against those certain things. And this is one of those things that I will bet on until someone can dethrone them permanently. Because they don't have to win the Super Bowl every year to be the kings of the NFL. And I say that because they're the only team in the entire league. That's one out of 32 teams. I don't need to look at their roster to determine how good they'll be. All I need to do is make sure that their head coach is Bill Belichick and their starting quarterback is Tom Brady. That's it. That's an automatic minimum 12-win squad. First seed, New England Patriots market, dude. Now, for the second seed, I have the hot team, the one everyone's picking uh, to make some noise this year, the Los Angeles Chargers. I really like the Chargers this year, as do, like I said, do a lot of people like the Chargers this year, but I'm not going to pick them to unseat the Patriots as number one in the conference. But I do see massive improvement from a team that finished seven and nine, I'm sorry, nine and seven a year ago. Their win total coming from Vegas is nine and a half. Nine and a half for this squad. If you take a look at their roster top to bottom, nine and a half is a breeze. Give me the over on that all day. Ken Wisenhunt, Phillip Rivers, and Keenan Allen, they bolster the NFL's top-rated passing offense from a year ago, and I think they can have similar results this year. They return 2017 draft pick wide receiver Mike Williams, and assuming they improve on the ground with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, this can be one of the best offenses in the NFL. However, I am concerned with the tight end position. Hunter Hendry, he was, he was on the up until he blew out his ACL before the season even begins. He's done. He's out for the year. Now, there has been talk of re-signing Antonio Gates, but even if they do, he's older, he's slowed down tremendously, and I just don't have a whole lot of faith in the tight end group. Outside of the tight end position, I think their offense should be close to flawless as you could be. And then you flip it over on the defensive side of the ball. You have Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. Could be the best edge-rushing duo in the league, and then on the outside, they have Casey Hayward and Jason Verrett. True cover men. And as, as long as Verrett isn't slowed down by his own recent ACL injury, this defense could be dominant. On top of that, I take a look at their schedule. History was going to tell you that over the last couple of years, the Chargers start cold and finish hot. But the first seven weeks of the season for them, while it's not a cakewalk by any means, they could do some serious damage before they see their bye week. Let's take a look. To start off the season, they have the Chiefs at home. They go to Buffalo. They go to the LA Rams. 
Then they return home to play the 49ers and the Raiders back-to-back before traveling out to Cleveland and then returning home to play the Titans. They could and probably should be no worse than 5-2 going into the bye. The Chargers, the LA Chargers, are my pick to get the number two seed and the second bye in the AFC. Up next, setting themselves up for another run at the Super Bowl and locking down the number three seed this year, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. An AFC playoff staple. There shouldn't be any reason to doubt the success of the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. Whatever the line is on them to win their division, take it because that's easy money. They do have a tough schedule outside of the AFC North. They play games against the Patriots, the Falcons, and the Jaguars. And they also have to go out west twice in three weeks to play the Raiders and the Broncos, which is no easy task. But I guess it is worth mentioning, once again, they play in the AFC North. Now, you really can't talk about the Steelers without mentioning the B-trio of Big Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown, but I'm going to try. Juju Smith-Schuster. Man, he had a hell of a rookie season, didn't he? And going to be asked to do even more on offense. They took another wide receiver in the second round of the draft in James Washington. Uh, Their offensive line, it's been durable, it's been stable, and the entire unit returns in 2018. Three, three of their five offensive linemen were pro bowlers a year ago. Add in the combination of the B trio, and you have yourself a top five offense for sure. Not even, don't even cast a doubt on it. Top five offense, there's really no doubt about it. Now, defense for the Steelers, this is kind of where it gets a little tricky. Linebacker Ryan Shazier, he's not going to play this year after being temporarily paralyzed in a game in December last year. I, uh, everybody's rooting for Ryan and hopes that one day he will take the field again. Uh, I know he's made tremendous progress, and here's to hoping he can continue to do so. Once they lost him last year, the defense wasn't that impressive in the first place, but without him last year, they, they struggled even more. I think they made some key changes in the offseason this year, but I don't expect them to improve drastically on that side of the ball. But still, the offense is good enough to fulfill the Steelers' Super Bowl expectations, and I have them as the number three seed in the conference come playoff time. Moving right along, your number four seed in the AFC playoffs, I have, drumroll please, the Houston Texans. This tells you right away that I'm taking the Houston Texans to win the AFC South and not the Jacksonville Jaguars. And honestly, this is more of a bold prediction based off of Houston's potential rather than logic. But this team was wiped off the NFL playoff map last year in large part due to injury. 13 starters, including rookie quarterback Deshaun Watson, were placed on IR injured reserve. But... Coming back healthy and adding a slew of free agents and more than half a dozen draft picks, I expect Houston to improve drastically off their 4-12 record from a season ago. All you really have to do is look at or watch how Watson played in his first six games before the injury to see what a superstar he is in the making. Though he's going to have to stay healthy, and I'm guessing he will stay healthy and he will return to form, he's going to have to prove it. The Texans will need him because they... Their offense was night and day without him. Their running game is a concern with Lamar Miller and Deontay Foreman and Alfred Blue. None of those guys are on my fantasy radar, but with Deshaun Watson, those rushing numbers should improve from last year's total without him. DeAndre Hopkins, he's absolutely without a doubt my favorite wideout in the NFL. He can make Tom Savage look 
like a decent quarterback is about all I'm going to give him. He's not going to make him look like an all-pro, but he's going to make him look decent. That's To me, that's good enough because DeAndre Hopkins is an animal and Tom Savage probably should be out of the league. Uh, they don't list DeAndre Hopkins as the best, but like I said, he sure is up there. Uh, he's going to make life real easy for their young quarterback, and so can Will Fuller. Uh, Will Fuller, Will Fuller had some trouble staying healthy, but when he was, he built off his rookie season. He didn't play that much. He only had 13 catches. Seven of them were for touchdowns, and you can tell he had a nice click going with Deshaun Watson. Um, you can't predict injuries in the NFL, but assuming this offense stays healthy, I can see them averaging 30 points a game. Speaking of healthy, which is, I feel like I've used that word at least 100 times since I've spoken about Houston, but... I can't stress enough how important it is for J.J. Watt to stay on the field. At only 29 years old, it feels like he's barely played the last two seasons. That's because he's barely played the last two seasons, and still, I've heard discussion of him up to that point being the greatest defensive lineman to ever play the game. That statement, it might be a little bit of a stretch, but hearing those discussions about that just makes you realize how truly special a player he is. And hopefully he can stay on the field because J.J. Watt with Jadavian Clowney and the returning Whitney Merciless really is a scary thought. Oh yeah, they signed cornerback Aaron Colvin and safety Tyron Matthew. Straight up scary, an 11-win season is in the works for this team and they could do some serious damage in the playoffs if, sing it along with me folks, if the Houston Texans can stay healthy. Now, your first wild card team in the 2018 playoffs, number five seed, and I know I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, but Saxonville, Jacksonville Jaguars. I know I'm really going out on a limb to predicting the Texans to unseat them in the AFC South. The Jaguars have been the model of inconsistency over the last 20 years with plenty of embarrassing seasons to show for it. It's going to take a little more than one great season for me to hop on their train. They're going to have to rely on the same dominant defense from a year ago and a running game with zero depth behind Leonard Fournette. Also going to have to do it with expectations this time around and a quarterback in Blake Borders who I believe is absolute grade A 100% trash. Bortles reminds me a lot of Case Keenum in a sense that within a career full of inconsistency and average play, how can you all of a sudden rely on these guys after having one decent season? The answer is you can't. Not to mention, Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns, they've been replaced with Dante Moncrief and 2018 second-round pick DJ Chark. Marquise Lee showed off potential last season, but I'm not sure they're going to be satisfied with that receiving core throughout the season. Out is Mercedes Lewis, and in is Austin Safarian Jenkins, which I personally believe is a downgrade. I've always been a fan of Mercedes Lewis, but Jenkins, is he's, he's a good player, and I could see him coming in and helping out Bortles. Though, if the passing game can prove me wrong, this could once again, this team could once again challenge for a Super Bowl appearance. And maybe with the experience and added motivation of doubters like myself, they may be able to pull it off. All right, the sixth and final playoff team in my yearly prediction is probably going to be inaccurate. However, I do believe in the John Gruden-Derek Carr duo, and I think they can nail this one down. I think people forget the Raiders were in the playoffs just two seasons ago, and if it weren't for an injury to Derek Carr, this team could have done way more damage than just playoff appearance. 
And he, in fact, a lot of people had them making a Super Bowl appearance that year. Now, they fell off last year, and one significant reason for that was the play of Amari Cooper, a fantasy football disappointment for myself and plenty others. Amari has us asking and hoping for a return to his 2016 form. His number in 16 were well above the 48 catches for 680 yards he had last year. Also, the additions of Jordy Nelson and Martavius Bryant, it spells great news for Raider fans, and that should help Derek Carr tremendously. Hopefully enough to where it improves his below-average stat line from last season. At tight end, they also bring back Jared Cook, who had career high in catches and yardage last season, despite the poor play of the rest of the offense. But with Gruden, they'll be implementing a West Coast offense that's going to see Marshawn Lynch's workload expand. Let's not forget that Marshawn is over 30 years old, which everyone knows is the dreaded age for running backs, and he didn't have a particularly great year last season. So if he stumbles out of the gate, expect to see former Buccaneer Doug Martin take some of his snaps away. What makes me really hesitant about this Raiders squad is, obviously it's the defense. Especially waking up this morning and hearing that Oakland's front office is fielding trades for their best defensive player and arguably the best player on the team in Khalil Mack. Sorry, Derek Carr, but to me, Khalil Mack is the best player on the team. He's been extremely vocal about receiving in a contract extension and the Raiders, they're, they're just not cooperating at this point to the fact that rumors circulating that they're accepting trade offers for him. With Mack last year, the Raiders defense finished 23rd in the league. If they trade their two-position stud, how in the world are they going to improve that number? This sixth seed is a huge question mark, and I could listen and agree to arguments for teams like uh, Baltimore, the Tennessee Titans, hell, even the Indianapolis Colts with the return of Andrew Luck. However, these are my predictions, and I'm keeping them this way. It may come back to bite me in the end, but I'm sticking with Oakland. The Raiders will be your sixth and final wildcard team in the AFC playoff race this season. So there you have it, ladies and gents. Next week, I'm going to take a nosedive into the NFC and bust out some playoff predictions for that conference. And, you know, to me, it's a four-team race atop of the NFC, but who will prevail? Also, I'm going to be breaking down what's sure to be a disastrous first fantasy football draft. I tell myself every year I'm done with fantasy football because every single year without fail, injuries destroy my squad. Yet here I am. At it again. I'm addicted. What can I say? Um, I want to thank everyone who's listening to the show today and uh, everyone who gave me a like and a follow and a subscribe, whatever, on social media. If you haven't yet, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you can reach out at Join My League on Facebook, at JML Podcast on Twitter, and Join underscore My underscore League underscore Podcast on Instagram. Leave me a review. Let me know what you think. And any questions or comments I receive will be read and discussed on next week's show. Episode 2. It's coming. August 15th. We'll see you then. Thanks for the downloads. These episodes are only going to get better from here. But for now, I'm getting out of here. Tim Kaleka signing off. Adios, chumps.